I'm more excited to be talking to you about task management. You are going to love it. We have to accept that tech is coming into the world and we have to prepare our, our pupils for the real world. This method is really a game-changing way of invigilating, to be honest. Welcome to the Surpass Community Podcast. Hello, welcome to this week's uh, Surpass Community Weekly Update. It's the 21st of May. I hope you're safe and well. In this week's episode, we have a reminder about the upcoming pre-release webinar on the 3rd of June. We hear some top tips on virtual training from Ashley from our training team. Uh, I'm in conversation with Ada Wu from Ascend Learning, who was the chair of the recent Innovations in Testing Conference, and we have other community news, jobs, and events. So, hello and welcome. I hope you're all safe and well. My name is Tim Minette, and this is this past weekly community update. It's the 21st of May. So just a reminder very quickly, as we have been doing uh, this past conference, the 4th to the 8th of October, we'll be bringing more, more information about that. But if you want to sign up and register, go to conference.spassup.com. Um, and just another reminder as well, in just over a week's time, we have the pre-release webinar coming up on the 3rd of June. Ashley and Kat will be leading that, and they'll be taking you through some uh, excellent features that are coming as part of SPAS this early summer. Um, hopefully next week I'll have a chat with them. Um, uh, just to hear a bit more information about that. So I look forward to that. And then also we have a webinar coming up on the uh, 8th of June. Now, this is probably will change. I'm going to keep the date on here. So get yourself registered up and signed up for it. Um, we'll probably move it back by about a month, maybe. It's just been a very hectic time for some of the organizations. But please do check that out. And if you want to sign up to those webinars, then go to spass.com slash sign up. And if the date changes for that one, we will automatically update that for you. And of course, if you want to watch any of other the previous webinars, go to past.com slash webinars. Now, first of all, we got a quick conversation with uh, Ashley, Sam, and Ashley got together earlier this week just to talk about uh, training, virtual training, and how it's pretty much going to remain around and how recommendations and tips and how they should be done. So uh, here's Sam and Ashley in conversation. Hi, Ashley. How are you? Hi, Sam. I'm well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, so thanks for chatting to me today. Um, no problem. So we've been kind of talking a lot recently about how organisations have, over the last year, had to transition many of their test development activities, such as item authoring review, standard setting, um, which in many cases would have been in-person uh, kind of events that were held, and they've had to transition them to uh, virtual ways of working for obvious reasons. Um, and as a past training manager, you've had a similar experience really in that you've had to convert a surpass training program for new users of surpass, which I think most of the time was kind of held in person, but you've had to completely transform that into a, a virtual training program. Um, How has that been going for you? It's gone well. This time last year was a little bit like we've got to fight off like this. Um, because I think all of us expected the pandemic to maybe last a couple of weeks. So we put some measures in place because we already did some um, virtual demos or we'd jump on calls and we'd screen share with people. And then as the pandemic extended, we were like, OK, this is this is going to carry on for a while. So we tried to deliver virtual training just like we did face to face and found that it's not the same thing. And for some reason, sitting on a call for eight hours is like horrible, but then sitting in a room for the same amount of time is much nicer. So we had to all be retrained in how to be online learning like facilitators and learn that new skill set, which 
um, we didn't realise until it happened how different it is to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, obvious kind of that a lot of work has had to go into it. I'm sure many organisations who are delivering kind of workshops or training remotely have experienced something quite similar as well. Mm. Um, I think like kind of what we're hearing now as well is that going forward, even when in-person activities can resume, there might still be an element of like a hybrid approach of, of virtual versus in-person activities. Um, mm. So kind of based on your experience and all the work you've put in over the last year to transition a training programme, have you got any kind of top tips you might share with organisations who are looking to make that virtual way of working maybe a, a more permanent part of their processes? Yeah, definitely got some tips. So I'm just trying to think. I think the first one I'd say is engaging a room of people and engaging a virtual room are two very different skill sets. So don't try and run virtual sessions like you would face-to-face sessions. They just won't work. You need to um, basically learn how to read online body language and deal with people in that way. And there are benefits to a virtual space than a face-to-face space, um, but it is a different skill set. So one of the things that's really important with virtual is mastering your technology. Um, you can't just pick a tech and turn up on the day and hope it'll be okay. Um, someone will definitely leave themselves on mute or they'll be sharing <laughs> like a personal email rather than what they're supposed to be sharing on the screen. So if you can master your technology and just treat it like you would a face-to-face in that you would rehearse a presentation over and over again, or you'd rehearse activities before you got people in to do some item reviewing. By mastering that technology, it just means that you can contingency plan a bit better and deal with problems as they come up and not get flustered or, or panic. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so they're really important. Another thing that I've learned from training is that short bite-sized sessions are definitely the best. Um, if you have a long day session, it's quite easy to kind of move, move fluidly between objectives and achieve several things in one day. Um, but we found that working online, people need to get focused on, and if they can work on one objective at a time, it helps if the call is nice and short and you achieve what you need to achieve. And then if you've got multiple objectives you need to hit or tasks, then make sure that you've got plenty of breaks for people so they can rest from the screen. Because it is tiresome, um, kind of. Yeah, quite you know, exhausting, isn't it? Being on virtual calls all the exactly. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as an attendee, it can be hard, like thinking about how to interact with what's going on and then also using the technology. And if you're writing notes and it's different things. And also as the facilitator, you know, give yourself them breaks. Um, they're important to go to the toilet, have a drink of water, just think about what you're going to say next. You know, it's just like performing. And if you you can't do it for a sustained amount of time and, and still be effective, I guess it's a really important to keep your attendees just engaged and interested and you can do that face to face by smiling at people and having an open body language and virtually that's not always possible like we've got our cameras and I can like be open towards you but um it's if I don't didn't have my camera on it would still be my job to keep the the group engaged so one way you can do that is try to factor in some kind of interaction every three to four minutes which sounds like a lot but yes, I might isn't it? <laughs> yeah definitely you need to build that into your planning but that might be something like 
me talking for a few minutes and then say, what do you think about that? Do you have any questions? And then just allowing the silence to to play so people can think, does that make sense? Do I have any questions? And if people do, then that that is an interaction. Or you might say, okay, just so I know that that makes sense, I'm going to bring something up on the screen and we're all going to work on it together. And then that will give you a chance to stop talking and, and take a break while the kind of group are working on their own. Um, That's interesting. A lot of planning goes into it, doesn't it, to factor in those elements of interaction as well. Yeah, definitely. Lots of planning. Um, But the more that you plan and the more sessions you run this way, the quicker the planning gets. So once you've got a good session plan template, you can use that for other types of sessions and and that helps speed up the process. Um, But I found all of these tips um, from the course that I from different courses I've taken on how to be an online learning facilitator or different webinars I've joined where people have discussed the benefits against the drawbacks of virtual learning. So I definitely recommend just checking out what courses are available to help you, you know, reconsider how would I run a virtual workshop Um, and getting some expert advice on it can't hurt. So Yeah, so I guess there's uh, plenty of help out there should people need it, especially you know, the everyone's had to transition some element of their working life to virtual recently, haven't they? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's great. I think uh, those, you know, the team have obviously worked really hard over the last year to to get a successful training program in place, and, and I'm sure other organisations will have had similar experience and find those kind of tips really useful as well. Um, going forward, do you think that virtual working is going to still play quite a big part in surpass training do you think you'll see sort of that hybrid approach as well yeah that's my feeling i think there are benefits to being face-to-face in that you can um eat more easily build a rapport between different people at the same time one drawback virtually is that one person can speak at a time unless you're using chat functionality or, or whatever but the benefits to virtual training, in my mind, far outweigh the, the drawbacks. So the chance to get people around the world on, on one call at one time, you know, without the travel implications and kind of costs associated with that. Um, the ease of setting up a virtual space with interactions available where you can share screen or record or play with tools um, rather than think about, oh, we can only fit 10 people around this table. And one person can write on the paper at a time, you know. Um, yeah, there's greater, I believe there's greater benefits to virtual. So I think that people will continue with that. Um, even even when we start to offer face-to-face training again. Yeah, well, that's all really interesting. Yeah, there obviously is a lot of benefits, like you said, especially when you're dealing with, you know, in your case, clients globally, you know, for test development activities, potentially subject matter experts that are, are spread internationally as well. So there's definitely a lot of benefits for uh, working virtually. Um, well, thank you for sharing those tips today. Uh, it's been really useful and it's been really good to hear the kind of all the things that you've learned. Um, and I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Thank you. No worries. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam and Ashley. That was great. Um, it's actually Sam's last day today. <clears throat> She's been a hugely brilliant member of the team. Um, we wish her lots of luck for the future, uh, whatever that might hold. So uh, thank you very much, Sam, for that. 
Now, okay, so earlier this week, I also caught up with Ada Wu uh, from Ascent Learning. Uh, Ada was the chair for the Innovations and Testing Conference uh, ATP last week, uh, or two, three weeks ago now, actually. Um, and we got together just to chat about the conference, uh, how successful it was, and also to look at the kind of main takeaways and uh, her views on where we're going in the future. So here's me in conversation with uh, Ada. Hi, Ada. Thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. So just with the audience, just to remind us what your role within uh, ATP this year was. Yeah, I was the uh, 2021 ATP Innovations and Testing Conference Chair. And nice. That's a, a, a quite a prestigious role to have there, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is my privilege to serve with a fabulous team. We had a really good conference. We just got the data from registration back. Uh, we are the second highest attended ATP innovations and testing conference ever. So that was, uh, that, that was, that was uh, quite an achievement in the virtual environment. That's definitely because I think last year, although the, the numbers seemed quite high, there was a bit of a tail off, wasn't there, in terms of attendance mm -hmm. and um, people just were in a very different place last year. But this year it did seem as though there was a lot more engagement. Did, did you feel there was the, the conversations were there this year? Yeah, I mean, I think we learn a lot from the 2020 Global Conference. And one thing that we learn is the platform we host the conference content that uh, is important. Uh, this time we integrated the uh, presentation platform with Attendify, the, our conference app. And there is a very strong social component that we can use via chat and private messages. We're trying to replicate some of that hallway conversations that we get uh, while we're in person, some of the engagement through the content. And we also shorten the presentation time. So if yeah. you notice the presentation time, instead of hour and a half for workshop or one hour for breakout, we shorten it to 30 minutes to 45 minutes, uh, kind of capture the attention span in the online environment and being respectful of folks time too because you know everyone's working from home yeah and i think people are always kind of mixed up with their work and we're always checking emails and i suppose it's, it's in a way it's not that dissimilar from the the main conference you might be talking to people in the room but some people mm -hmm. might be listening might not be listening but right yeah everywhere has its challenges what were your kind of three main takeaways then from this year what were the three, three things that you took away yeah, so one of the one of the front and center issue was equity and fairness. I think that was uh, kind of permeated through many of the discussions of, across many topics that we realize as a profession, we really have an opportunity to make an impact, to do well, to do good in society, to promote equity and fairness and access. So that is that is a quite in-depth discussion. And then other line of discussion that I hear a lot is online proctoring and online administrations and there is a a really uh important business need to um, to balance access with privacy concerns and ac access with security and that's a that's a pretty uh, big theme there uh and the last theme that i see is uh value of assessment you know mm. what's the value that we bring to society as a whole in what we do you know assessment is the way that we're doing assessment fit for future and it's in line with how people are learning in the education side of things. So those are my three takeaway. Excellent. I, I suppose the, the online proctoring one has, has been very much been pushed mm -hmm. forward in the agenda, hasn't it? Um, mm -hmm. Would you see the, the value one has changed at all? Is that something that's kind of new following the pandemic or do you think it's always been there and it's, it's, it's you know, kind of just its timing now to be discussed? 
I think the technology has always been there, but it's um, it's always been a plan B uh, mm. offering uh, with some of the bigger uh, credentialing or education agency that may prefer uh, in-person testing or testing in brick and mortar testing center. Um, and you know, when the pandemic hit, plan B became plan A, and I think it accelerated the adoption. And I, and I can see that some of the stakeholders that may be hesitant of the technology, now they've used it for a few months to a year and they see some of the benefit I mean, they see some of the pitfall as well. So, yeah. you know, folks are balancing their business objectives. But I think that gives this technology uh, a, a much better chance to see the light and have more people use it. So I think the adoption will continue even after the pandemic. Fantastic. That's good to hear. And what do you think is going to be the, the main kind of conversation topic point that's going to carry on until next year's hopefully in person, maybe a hybrid 2022 innovations in testing? What, what's going to carry on, do you think? Yeah, I, I think uh, the conversation with equity and fairness is going to continue. We also see a lot more uh, technology practitioner at tech side of things uh, being discussed in the innovations and testing conference, uh, in addition to the more traditional assessment topics. So I think technology and equity will be front and center in 2022. Right, excellent. So we we'll look forward to that. Um, I look forward to the the event. Hopefully, we'll all be able to get together in person again and and have those drinks and uh, share those stories that we were able to do. Uh, I can't. I can't days. wait. Yeah, it should be good, shouldn't it? Well, thank you very much for joining. Um, thank you for uh, all your hard work in uh, preparing the conference and the and the team that was involved. Uh, very much appreciated, and I look forward to and hopefully speak to you soon. Yeah. Likewise. Bye bye. Thanks. So thank you very much for that, Ada. That was fantastic. Um, Innovations in Testing Digital Pass is available now if you want to purchase that. So head over to the Innovations uh, in Testing website. I've got a clip here for you. And you can go up to the top right up there. You see Digital Pass and you can uh, pay to access the uh, conference content if you have uh, if you weren't already registered. So I do recommend you do that. Other news, ATP-related, European Association Test Publishers, this is the European flavour of the conference, uh, will be, the Cover Papers is now open, and that will be open until the 1st of June, so get your uh, submissions in there. Um, there's also the dates there for the actual conference itself, which will take place in September, so please do uh, look out for that. Other events, we've got the International E-Assessment Conference and Awards. Uh, we're getting very close to that now. Uh, that's going to take place over four events on the 4th, uh, sorry, the 8th, 15th, 22nd, and 29th of June, uh, 3 till 5 uh, UK time BST. Uh, do recommend that you get yourself registered for that, so go to e-assessment.com slash conference. Um, other events as well, Manny and the team are putting together an event, Pop Topics, uh, Pop Topics event, The Conversation with Liberty uh, Munson. That's going to take place on the 7th of June. Um, I'll be sharing a link uh, or I... Um, yeah, I'll share a link on uh, LinkedIn for that. So if you do want to sign up to that one, please do so. Uh, also, the uh, conference on test security um, call for papers is open as well. And that's until the 1st of July. If you want any information about those, then please do head over to spass.com slash events and you'll find more details. Other community news and information. So let's have a look at what's going on in my social media stream. So Shell has been talking about G and his fantastic leadership um, at um, Lineup. So please do check that out. Um, G's a lovely guy to speak to. Uh, nice team to work with as well. Um, Skills and Education Group, they've got a, a position available for a compliance and regulation officer, if you fancy that. Um, just again there about the pop topics. 
uh, conversation. So more information about that as well. Lots of people are going on to that by the look of it. And EAL, one of our SPAS community members, um, are looking for various different posts uh, all around uh, EQA stuff and uh, project management, project delivery uh, roles as well there. So please do check those out. Well, it's been great speaking to you. Thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you next week. Uh, play my little video now. Thank you. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. To keep up to date with the latest information from our Surpass community, visit Surpass.com. We'll be back with another podcast soon. Thank you for listening.